0: As they're collecting things, I'm going to, there's a couple things that I need to make everyone aware of, just a couple of announcements that I want uh, to introduce to you guys this morning. Our new website is up and operational. It's still the same website, FCCGrayson.com. If you want to go there now, uh, if you're connected to the Wi-Fi, good luck, because I think there's between 4,500 and 5,000 people in the city limits of Grayson, and I think 9,000 people have the password uh, to our Wi-Fi network currently. Um, But If you want to sign on, you may want to do that on data, uh, but the website is is brand new. We've got a notes section on there just like we had on our old app and this one works. Uh, There's also a digital bulletin on there. There's several uh, pretty nifty things on there. I do apologize for the picture if you do follow along with the message notes. I do apologize for the picture that's going to pop up immediately and you're going to have to see. But just a couple things on giving that we wanted to let you guys know. The giving through the app electronically, if you're doing that, that's going to continue to work uh, for the the next few months anyhow. Um, That app will eventually be taken down. Now, through FCCGrayson.com, there is a giving link there that if you like to give electronically through the website, you can feel free to do that. Uh, But we wanted to let you guys know about this because many of you were giving electronically on the app to begin with. And then, um, you know, it was, you, you found out anytime that you give via card uh, or anything, ACH account or anything, there is a fee that, that's, that's taken out of that. Uh, if you give to the church on the giving link of the church website, then that's going to cost 3% processing fee. So basically what that means is if you give a $100 donation, someone's going to have to pay 3% of that. That's either going to be, you give $100 and the church gets $97. You'll still get credit for the full $100 on your tax you know, your tax giving uh, benefit. But you can also choose a section on there to say, hey, I would be willing to pay the percentages. So that would make it $103 for you and the church gets 100 Now, we're not telling you this to you know, try to get more money. We're just wanting you to know because several of you were giving via the app and then you stopped once you learned about the 3%. You wanted you know, the, the church to receive um, all the money that you gave into it and we appreciate that. If electronic giving via the website is the easiest thing for you to do, we want you to continue to do that. We're not trying to talk you out of it. But if you enjoy giving electronically, if you're absent-minded like me and sometimes forget the cash or the check that I was getting ready to put into the offering... There's another option other than the giving electronically on the website. Every bank in our area, every bank that I know of, offers automatic bill pay. And that has no additional charges, no additional fees. It doesn't cost anyone anything. And you can schedule it just like you do through the app or through our new website to be able to have that weekly, monthly, annually, whatever. Uh, And that doesn't cost anyone anything. So we just wanted to let you know up front, uh, that's kind of the, the spiel on online giving. If you go through the website, that's perfectly fine, um, but that, you know, that does face a charge of at least 3%, sometimes more. But we do want to encourage you, if you're a, a member here, a regular attendee, part of this family, and you give regularly, um, think about bill pay through your bank because it's, it's a little bit of a better option. Um, we have also rolled out a new uh, church logo I want to show that to you now. Uh, this is uh, the FCC Grayson logo, and it's kind of got the little lines and everything on there. I worked um, with, with the elders talking with them through this process, and then I worked with a very good friend of mine who is a graphics designer who sent uh, several um, different options as far as a logo. And He's been here some, and he said, I knew the heart of the church a little bit, he said I wanted to do something that reflected it. And there's there's kind of three parts to this particular, not the FCC Grayson, but the logo design above. He said number 1, I wanted to do something with a general similar shape to your building and, and not have it just the building itself. So it's it's very clean, got those lines to it. He said the second thing is mountain, you know, the, the passage that Jesus talks about if you have the faith of a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, be thou removed and it will cast itself into the sea. He said that kind of reminds me of mountain moving faith. It's, it's kind of got a mountain thing there. But mo- the thing that stood out to me the most is he said, you know, you can see there's kind of a gradient color to it. The first one is gray, then it goes blue to gray, and then the last one is, is pretty much all blue. He said those to me as I was praying about what I wanted to submit to you and how it represented your church, he said each one of these lines represents something. He said the dark line that's separate from everything else, that represents our life before Christ and without Christ. He said the middle one that changes colors, that's our life with Christ. That's when we come to know Christ. There's that transformation, that change that takes place. He said in the last one that that forms the point, he said that's a, a symbol of the convergences of the two coming together, of our life with Christ and our life with each other as a church family. So, you know, you don't need to remember that. I just wanted to explain to you kind of his thoughts. He put a lot of prayer into it. We put prayer into it, and we're, we're excited about that. So this morning, before I get into the scripture, I am going to, I've got a light flashing. Is that my time? Is that, <laughs> I know it's nothing that they're doing up there. It's just kind of like, you're done, you're done, you're done. Um, yeah, I, I want to share uh, Vision Sunday with you this morning. And uh, I'm before I, before I read scripture, before I do anything, um, I, I want to pray. And I want you guys to silently in your head pray along with me because I covet your prayers this morning. I am excited and confident about what God has placed in our staff and our leadership's heart as far as vision for this church this year. Um, but I covet your prayers this morning that I would articulate it and bring it across in a way that you all can understand it, the way that it biblically lines up, and that you we all can take it and run with it. So I do covet your prayers as I speak this morning. But if you would, let's let's bow our heads together again. Father, we are again grateful to be here. We are thankful that um, you 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 don't give up on us, God. There's so many times in my past, and I know that everyone else is in here past, and our church collectively uh, that. God, um, you probably should have given up on us. You probably should have uh, just taken us and and, and been been done, but you didn't. Uh, And Father, I'm just thankful that you are faithful to us. God, I pray this morning that that our words, my words, would be your words, that you would lead me, that you would guide me, and that, uh, Holy Spirit, you speak through me to articulate this vision um, from you for this upcoming year. In Jesus' name that I pray, amen. So if you have your Bibles, turn to the book of James this morning. As you're doing that, there's a a quote that I want to share with you. Uh, We're going to read James 4, 1 through uh, 7 through 17, but this is a quote from T.J. Freeman that says, the church will not be the church we are called by Christ to be unless the body is passionate For the Savior. The church will not be the church we are called by Christ to be unless the body is passionate for the Savior. Um, I put down here also in the notes that we must be devoted to Him. We must go to Him in prayer and hear from His Word. Unless these are the core of our church, we will never look like what the church is called to look like in Scripture. And I believe that this year that God is calling First Church of Christ in Grayson, Kentucky, to be a proactive church. I believe that he wants us to be a proactive church. And the first thing I want to do is I want to pull from Scripture of what does it mean to be a proactive church. And that's where we go to the book of James. Chapter 4, starting with verse 7. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourself before the Lord, and he will lift you up. Brothers and sisters, do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks against a brother or sister or judges them speaks against the law and judges it. When you judge the law, you are not keeping it but setting in judgment on it. There is only one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and destroy. But you, who are you to judge your neighbor? Now listen, you who say today or tomorrow we will go to this city or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why, why? You don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is a sin for them. And I want to kind of build everything today around verse 17, where it says, if anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, It's a sin for them. So I think in this passage of Scripture, what we see is James is laying out for us how we become a proactive church. And that first one is found in verse 7, the first step, when he says that it requires submission to God. So verse 7, submit yourself then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Yeah, you know, I know in my times in my life so many times that I've been facing an attack of the enemy, that the devil's been coming against me and I've tried to in my own power flee from him or get away from him or overcome him and it's not worked. But the thing, the key for us in doing what God wants us to do with our lives is that we must first submit to him. I believe the second step comes in verse 8. It requires us to come near to God when it says come near to God and he will come near to you also in verse 8 it requires us to wash our hands and purify our hearts that's just good in the natural and the spiritual right it's flu season wash your hands people nobody wants your bug all right wash your hands and 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 and, and cough dab sneeze dab cough okay It's your public health service notice right there. But next in verse 9 says that it requires us to grieve, mourn, and wail. It says to change your laughter and mourning and your joy to gloom. Now let me pause here for just a second because this can seem like an out-of-place thing here. It's talking about... You know, serving God, submitting to God, and you're like, okay, I can understand the submission, I can understand the coming near, I can understand the washing our hands and the purifying of our hearts. But wait a minute, He's telling me to grieve, mourn, and wail, and instead of laugh, I need to cry. What's going on here? I, you know, lamenting. What's what's happening here? There is joy to be found in the Lord, and what He's saying in this passage is no longer. Should we rejoice and laugh and find pleasure in our sins? This is written as a reaction to our falling short and to our sinful nature. When he says that in verse 9, grieve, mourn and wail, change your laughing, your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. He's talking about we shouldn't be laughing and rejoicing in our sins. It should grieve us. We should be mournful of our sinful nature and when we fall short because that separates us from God. And he has just taken the moment to say, you need to submit and draw near, come near to God. So this is not talking about a grieving, mournful, wailing existence overall. This is talking about this should be our reaction to sin in our lives. Verse 10 It requires us to humble ourselves before the Lord. And then he will lift us up. And then down in verse 17, it says that if anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. So just really quickly recapping. We must submit. We've got to come near. We've got to wash our hands, purify our hearts. We need to grieve, mourn, wail. We need to humble ourselves. All of these things lead up to verse 17, which says that if you know what's good or what's right to do in your heart and you don't do it, then it's a sin. That's not a very pleasant scripture. That scripture terrifies me, if I'm being honest. Because how many times in my life have I known what was good what was holy, what was right to do, and I did not do it. And I think that probably every one of you in here can face that same situation that there's been so many times that I've known what I should do, what's right to do, and what's good to do, and I've not done it. Friends, no matter what type of justification we can give it, no matter what type of reasoning away for us not doing it, if we know what's right or what's good to do and we don't do it, then it's sin, regardless of the justification we have. So being a proactive church, here's here's kind of what I want to to give you an example of. I, uh, I have a $10 bill here. Now, I didn't bring this out of my pocket to brag to you all about all of the tens of dollars that I have. I have one. But this is the front part of a $10 bill. Now, if I have just the front side of this $10 bill and I hand it to someone, is it a legitimate $10 bill? Hmm? Is it a legitimate $10 bill? No, why not? Okay, piano, I've got a question. They're not responding, so I'm going to ask you. Thank you, Ray, for responding. I appreciate that. No, it's not a real $10 bill. Why? Because a real $10 bill has to have a back to it, right? How many of you are familiar with the old idiom of there's two sides to every coin? There's two sides to every story. You know, there's two sides to every $10 bill, at least real $10 bills there are. Okay? I think the same is true with our church and our outreach and the way that we impact those people outside of our walls, our community, our region, our nation, our world. I believe that there's two sides to it. I believe that there is a reactive outreach, and I believe that there's a proactive outreach. And I have, I've spent the better part of eight months praying about this, because I felt this stirring in my heart almost a year ago, and I've been praying about this, and here's how I would define reactive versus proactive in our reaching out. A reactive ministry would be one that we see a need, we begin to meet the need or do something to help those meet that need, and then we develop relationship with those people as we meet their needs. Does that make sense? Like we we see a need, we begin to meet the need, and then we begin to develop relationship. So I said and I compiled a list of the reactive ministries that we have here at church. So if I have missed one, please forgive me. Okay, I really did try very hard to get all of them included. Now, I'm not talking about internal ministries. I'm not talking about like seniors' ministry, children's ministry, youth ministry, see, you know, secret sisters. I'm not talking about anything that happens within the church. I'm talking about what this church does for our community. So one side of our community outreach is reactive ministries. Drew, if you would, go ahead and give me that first. One example is Celebrate Recovery, which we had a meeting here about yesterday. That's really going to hit the ground running here soon this year. So they're seeing a need for a recovery program and they're meeting that need, right? We're reacting to a need. And again, I'm not saying these are bad. I'm not saying we should stop these. These are fantastic. These are God led, God ordained ministries that we're doing. The next, the Dominican team. And I did these in alphabetical order so I wouldn't be showing favoritism. So if one is out of alphabetical order, please forgive me also. <laughs> but the Dominican team, last year nearly 40 people went to the Dominican Republic in 2019 to help in Susua through the Cups of Cold Water Missions Ministry. Next is Empower Carter County. We had 60-ish students and 50 adult volunteers that made beds for people in our community that didn't have beds, that went and did work projects, that went and served in our local community itself. We met needs in our community. The next one is a food pantry. On average, we serve 253 and a half families a month in 2019. I don't know how you classify a half a family, but that's how the numbers came up, okay? 253 and a half. The next, the Genesis Center ministry. Each month we do a dinner on the first Sunday. There's 30 to 40 guys that show up for that dinner, and we average 10 to 15 between our Sunday services. So again, we're seeing a need, we're meeting a need, and we're developing a relationship. And by the way, Genesis guys, there there are so many of you that tell me each week how blessed you are by this church. Make no mistake about it, this church is blessed by you. 100% blessed by you. Next, the giving tree each Christmas last year, over 200 local kids were provided gifts through our giving tree that wouldn't have had Christmas gifts otherwise. Again, seeing a need, meeting a need. Next is our heart, hands and feet ministry. Since its inception, we've had 30 plus large projects that have happened. Now this isn't including like clothes, food, things of that nature, emergency, emergency things that have been taken to these people. It's 30 plus large porches, roofs, floors things of that nature. Next is the kids club that we do down at Pritchard Elementary for the fifth grade students down there. Last school year, there were 10 fifth graders that our team on a weekly basis was able to pour into their lives and make a difference into their lives. This school year, right now we have 16. We're seeing a need, meeting a need. Next is our One Mission Mexico trip. We have about 18 to 20 each year go to Mexico and build a house in like three days. For a family, seeing a need, meeting a need. Outward Expeditions, last year on the Help Out hike, about 75 participants donated, went. Those who didn't even go, some people donated and gave. That helped supply the gifts on the giving tree. And Then we have the Women's Prison Ministry. Around 18 to 20 women each week, and since its inception, we've seen more than 100 of these women be baptized and give their heart to Jesus Christ. So I think that's a pretty awesome list. I don't know about you guys, but there's two pages full right there. And I think it deserves, that's a servant's heart. Okay, that is a, that's godly reaction ministries. That's seeing a need and taking steps to meet the need. And I want to see us do more of that in the year 2020 and beyond. Then I got to writing my list down of proactive ministries. No, no, go back, abort, abort, thank you. That's our list of proactive ministries. Again, guys, I'm not saying that reactive ministry is bad at all. When we see a need and we take steps to meet the need, we're called biblically to do that. But I believe also, The flip side of that coin, that other side of that $10 bill, that other side of community outreach is going and developing relationships with people, meeting the people, developing relationships, and having their needs revealed to us through the relationship. You see, one side has needs that introduce us into relationship. The other side should have relationship introducing us to needs, and they both work in harmony. Or if I'm using a Larry Metcalf word this morning, it's a symbiotic relationship. Is that, is that right, Larry? Did I get that? Oh, okay. So both are necessary, one not greater than the other. But this is what I saw as our proactive ministry. So, this morning, I want to introduce to you two things that I would like to see us do in the year 2020. I'm not trying to balance out the scales here. We're going to take this. Listen, what we're doing here in this place, where we're going, I believe that we need to be looking at what is long-term. What does God want long-term for this church? What does he want to lead us into, not just for the next six months, not just for the next year, but God, what do you want written into the spiritual DNA of this church. And the first thing that I want to introduce to you that I'd like to see us begin in March is community prayer drives and walks. So what we're going to do, we don't have them out there this Sunday cuz I want you to take some time and pray about it. But we from this point on, not only out here on the back table but also via the website, we are going to have sign-ups for for people who would be interested and you see this is Grace and I have it all sectioned off Um, You know, there's, there's 16 sections to the city of Grayson in this. If you sign up to prayer drive it, prayer walk it, then what that does is that means that you are committing to once a week being in that area that you're signing up for, whether driving through it or when the weather gets pretty, walking through it and praying over and for the people that live in that part of the community. And 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 you know, it can be as simple as for the entire year driving in your car and doing it. Or if you like to walk, get out and walk. Maybe meet some people in that particular area. And listen, this isn't all about handing them an invitation to church. Do we want them here? Sure, we'd love to have them here. But this is about praying for our community and praying for the place that we call home. And eventually this map. Will extend over the years is my prayer, and that it becomes greater than just the city of Grayson itself, and it begins to encompass our region. So we're going to have prayer walks, prayer drives, and we'll have some sign-up sheets, like I said, available next Sunday at the table, and you know, beginning tomorrow on the website. But then the second thing is a mobile VBS. Now, if you've been to the Dominican. You're going you're to have a little bit of a blueprint for this already, the VBSs that we go and we do in the villages. But basically, what these are is we are going to take the month of June and July, and we're going to take every Saturday from probably 9 to noon, somewhere in that range. And we're going to go into a particular community in our area, and we're going to have a mobile VBS for the kids. That means Singing, that means games, that means a lesson, that means crafts, that means whatever you would find on a night of VBS here at the church is what we're wanting to take into into a community. And while this is happening for the kids, I want other adults to be out and maybe us have a hot dog grill or something going on and us just interacting with the parents of the kids or the people of the community every Saturday for two months and building relationships with them. Now, I've identified because I think that sometimes we can be guilty of just saying, hey, let's just get involved in our community. And even, we're a small town, but even with the town the size of Grayson, when we say get involved with the community, that can mean a million different things. So I want to define a community within our community. And we're going to go year to year and have different communities within our community, but for the last eight months, this has been the area that I cannot get away from. I've been praying about it, I've been seeking the face of God about it, and this is where I feel like he wants us in this year. It's the mobile home park and the um, apartments behind the post office, and of course there's a Dollar General nearby. There's probably a Dollar General nearby anywhere we're going to pick, right? But we're going to go in and we're going to park in the parking lot of the apartments and we're going to do our mobile vbs and we're going to take time invest in those parents develop relationship with them the people behind in the in the mobile home park and we are going to proactively engage our community and this is just two things like i said we could think of a million different things we could think of a hundred different places to go but guys right now what we do here and what we represent is far too important for us not to give everything we have to God. Everything we have to God and I want us to be able to say that we are not only meeting the needs of our community once, we are, once those are revealed to us because guess what, that's, that's what's happening. also want us to be able to say that we are just engaging and developing relationship with our community and getting to know the people of our city and our town regardless if they ever step foot in this place. I want us to be a church that makes kingdom impacts on as many people in our community as we possibly can regardless of where they go to church on Sunday mornings. So this morning So this morning, I'm going to challenge you to pray and seek God because there's two sides to this bill, and there's two sides to our community outreach. If you're not involved with one of them, I want you to pray and ask God where he wants you to be involved. And if you feel like your heart is being drawn to one of these places, like the prayer walk, the prayer drive, the the community VBS then I ask you to let, me, let us know, uh, sign up for it. You can talk to me more about it. You know, There's a whole lot of details that I don't have time to get into this morning. But in the year 2020, and I'm not an every year vision kind of guy, so I don't know if we'll do this in 2021 yet or not, but I know that for this year we need to be a proactive church because if we know what is right to do as a church and we don't do it, then we're sinning as a church. Will you pray with me? God, I, uh, I, I am humbled by the fact that, number one, you, you still love me despite every, every flaw and every mess up that I have. God, I am so thankful to be a part of this church and this body that you are doing such amazing things through I thank you, God, for that one side of the bill, that one side of the community outreach that is absolutely just knocking it out of the park and making a difference in people's lives. But God, I pray that you strengthen us in that other area, in that other side of that community outreach, in just developing relationships and knowing people as a church body, not just individuals. So God, I pray that you lead us. I pray that you strengthen us And I pray that our desire would always and only be on you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.